Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. Go there to shop on Amazon as you normally would, and then part of your purchase will come to us so that we can make our show and podcast network even better. So please do that. That's Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. Also, we had a show correction to get to this week, but I forgot to do it, so we'll get to it next week. Ridley Scott's Prometheus 2 may be delaying Neil Blomkamp's Alien 5. <laughs> Delay all of that. Shut it all down. Shut it all down. <laughs> Good. Shut Welcome it to down. the Midwest Film Nerds podcast, <laughs> where we're in Detroit. Shut it down. <laughs> where we get movies after LA and New York, but before Europe. I gotta see. I gotta see. Sometimes. Cheppy's out now. Cheppy's on DVD. You still haven't seen Cheppy? Oh, I'm gonna love it. Cheppy's available. You I'm haven't a, seen Cheppy? Oh no, yeah, you he have. Has not Tim seen I have not seen it. You're gonna think it's interesting. You're gonna. Yeah. You're probably really gonna like it. <laughs> it's kind of a Tim esque movie. For all the right you're really reasons. gonna like um, Hugh Jackman. I think so. Too. Oh yeah, <laughs> a- angry, angry gym teacher Hugh Jackman. <laughs> yeah. Slash um, wilderness le- Cub Scout leader. Yeah. I feel troop leader. Den mother. Den mother. I feel like I don't want to hop right into wet hot. Is there any news that we feel like we can have a good discussion about? Ridley's Prometheus. Prometheus 2. It just ignited the conversation. There's really still a funny picture of Chris Hemsworth from Ghostbusters today. Yeah. <laughs> they did good. release that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it, it funny? It's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. <laughs> he looks pretty great. All the heroes are gone. You gonna play Rocket League? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> what a dork! Apparently he's apparently he's a Ghostbuster. Then I, I'm cool with it. Oh yeah, he's wearing a Ghostbuster he's outfit. Uniform. Yeah. Meh. <laughs> Internet says meh. I say meh. I wanted him to be the secretary. Well, no, I thought he, they said he, he was. could be a he could be like that could be a late because that's a spy photo. Could be like a Lewis Tully type situation. That could be like a he yeah. jumps in at that the, could end. Be the end. That could literally be the last shot of the movie. Was <laughs> him rolling up like. All right. All right. Now we're disappointed we'll if it's not the last shot of the movie. <laughs> Sorry, guys. All right. Uh, Alex's internet was showing for a minute. This looks bad. No, I didn't. I don't think it looks bad. I just remember saying as soon as he got cast, I hope he is the secretary. They, they said he was, didn't they? They said he's the. I, they did. I don't yeah, think I'm so. Sure, they did. Maybe not. I Maybe we just, just talked about it so much here that it's <laughs> it's official now. <laughs> we, we've made it happen. I was pretty sure they said he was the the. Taking over the role played by, and they had named the actress, but I could. Annie Potts. Annie Potts. I don't. I think. It's kind of a crush on Annie Potts. Yeah, she was cool. Designing women. Pretty in pink. With your favorite film character, one Mr. Ducky. Oh, God. (laughs) Get out of the way, Ducky. You love Ducky. Were you on the John Hughes episode? No, I don't like John Hughes. Oh, really? <laughs> no. He's not a fan. I'm not oh. a fan. He's not. Wow. But I, mean, I respect... You like some of the adult ones, don't you? Uh, I guess they did say he was uh, like Not the teen stuff, but like the, like the... Yeah, I don't really like candy it. stuff. Correct. Or, no. Um, no, I'm not a huge John Candy fan. I, don't, I, I like playing trains. I think playing trains okay. is pretty funny. Do you not like Ferris Bueller? Oh, Hate it. Yeah, he hates Ferris Bueller. We've yeah. talked about this. Tim hates anything that makes you feel alive and Good. free. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes. Like the Goonies. He hates the Goonies, too. The Goonies is yelling for two hours. <laughs> I knew that was coming. It's horrible. The only film that there's more screaming in. <laughs> Alive and free. This is Like officially... Ferris Bueller making, having fun off the backs of hardworking people <laughs> <laughs> as he steps all over them so he could have a day off from school. Oh, my God. This is the Tim Hates Fun podcast. Um, <laughs> what's the one movie, Tim, that there's more screaming in than the Goonies? Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Anyway, there is a lot of yelling in the Goonies, for sure. Yeah. But you guys need to watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, though. There's more yelling. Holy shit. Oh, it's, it's a- the last hour of that movie is screaming. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like... It's a woman and Dennis Hopper screaming, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Bill Mosley. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, Dennis Hopper has a chainsaw fight Wait, with other is this one made like a couple years ago, or this no, is from this is, like um, the this 80s. is this is from eighty one? I think it was. I think it may have been a little later, but eighty five maybe. Yeah, uh, it was the first sequel to the original. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. This wasn't one of those neo. No, it's no. got it's got D hops in it though, That's and it's cool. by the same director. And he wanted to like Tobe. Is it Toby? Yeah, Tobe. It's Tobe yeah. Hooper. And he dual wheels chainsaws. Yeah. Tobe Hooper. <laughs> Oh, there's dual wielding in this one? No, oh, no. Dennis Hopper has a chainsaw fight where he's holding two chainsaws. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the guy trying to get the lion out of the hallway at the Packard plant. Wielding, he's wielding like a, it's like a hedge trimmer. And then he, and it doesn't sufficiently scare the tiger away, so he changes the attachment to one that's louder and then tries again. You heard about this? No. There was a photo shoot in the Packard plant in Detroit, and they had a live tiger that they didn't. They told no one they were bringing. They didn't have any permission. Like a like a like a full on why Bengal tiger, and it got loose and was running around <laughs> Detroit. And like and there's a video of the assistant director on set with like some piece of yard maintenance equipment, and he's revving it near the tiger to try to get it out of the stairwell. It's my tiger control machine. And you just see it. You see it like take a swat at it. Like it's irritated. This is I, I don't perfect. Know, I don't know what their plan was because they didn't have a. Did they get the tiger back though? They didn't have a tiger wrangler on set. <laughs> like there was, there was no, there was no one there to like control it. They said it wasn't tethered or anything, and that, well, and that you when know it what? Went, it's because they got that tiger through the shadiest means. When possible. it when it escaped, they said like the quote was like. Oh, there there were people keeping an eye on it throughout the day, but at that moment, no one was near it, and it just like ran away. Like, what the? F- <laughs> That's a so damn what tiger. They, what were they shooting? I don't know. It must have been like a like a photo. Shoot. I think it was a photo shoot. Yeah. yeah. That's that's I something that's some idiot photographer would be like, yeah, it's Detroit. It doesn't matter. They were from England, and they'd be like, just get a tiger and a baboon, a baboon, and a <laughs> and a, a and a lynx. They had like another large. Cat, a predatory cat. Yes, but not a tiger. There's Wait, a large a difference tiger, between. Wasn't a tiger and a lion for no. the Detroitiness? Yeah, I'm sure that was it. Wow. Yeah. Honestly, like I was watching the video a... and I was laughing initially, and then I stopped laughing because it gets scary. <laughs> like there's a there's like a bearded hipster guy <laughs> armed with trying to find <laughs> a jungle cat, armed with like an edge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not joking. That's what it is. And you see him, you see him, and the guy taking the video is just kind of like, holy fuck, the whole time. You should have just gotten him a chair and a whip. And you see this guy <laughs> and a flaming hoop. <laughs> I mean, seriously, <laughs> that's insanity. And you see in the video, you see him like approaching the stairwell, and you see him like going, ning, 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 and you don't see it though. And finally, he like backs off, the guy's like, oh shit, and they like back up, and then he changes the attachment. And then they go back, and that's when the camera finally kind of gets around the corner, and you see the tiger, like, sitting there, 
looking like Stalking. the lion from Jumanji, just kind of bored. Oh. But then he comes at it with a lot of equipment and it like squats at it. And I was like, dude, call, the, call the police. <laughs> that thing at any moment could just be like, you know what? I'm tired of this and just kill you. And then kill. I've played Far Cry. That's what they do. Did anybody they have? Were, did they have one of those big like lasso sticks? It, I couldn't really tell from the video. Okay. But again, I was watching it at like three fifteen this morning when I wasn't sleeping, <laughs> and I was just laying there on my couch in like eighty two degree weather in my apartment, just going, "Ah, <laughs> what is this? You need this, to, you this need is to what's play this for me at some Detroit. point. Uh, yeah, for sure. Wow, oh, it's. I mean, it's start. It's stunning. Still I'm, safer than some spots in Detroit, though. Yeah, that's what that's the, that's the joke all the people online were making. Like the people who aren't from Michigan were like, "Oh, well, you know, it's like," and I was like, "Yeah, funny." I mean, that, that, yeah, you're right. That partic- that, like, that, okay, make it. That that particular area of Detroit that is correct. Like, that's pretty bad, but absolutely. Apparently, the reason that they like didn't call the police at first, like someone was driving by and saw the tiger run by and like called, <laughs> called the police, and they're like, "Yo, there's a tiger out here." Can, can you imagine? <laughs> no. Wow. (laughs) Oh, the video is insane because this guy is like weirdly calm. Like, it's very strange. They must have been stoned or something. It's like which the the guy who's taking the video is weirdly calm or he he wasn't related to the production. He was like dropping. So he was like a local vendor (laughs) dropping something off. And they were like, hey, can you help? Do you have any tools? That's what they asked him. (laughs) And he was like, what? And he had a drill to scare this tiger back. (laughs) He was the one who had the lawn equipment, I guess. So he's just taking the video like these guys are morons. Okay. I'm well, gonna capture them. All right. At least I was thinking they brought the the edger as the tool to get it. But so it was some random dude who's got the tool that. Was, wow. I think that's almost worse. They had they had no contingency plan well, no, for I, what I if mean, the tiger gets away. That's terrible. This but guy has a weed con- whipper in the bed of his pickup truck, and they're like, <laughs> they're "Let's try that." <laughs> their contingency plan was: here's an edger. Please take this, and like this is the emer- breaking case of emergency. Here's edger for when tiger gets that's loose. Insane. That, in that, case that's, of tiger, it's it's bad and and for two different reasons. I, I guess use I don't Ryobi. Know. Wow, I don't. This know. is the new Ryobi uh, Tiger Tiger Captivator Tiger Edition. That's insane. Oh my god! I'm looking at it right now. You watching it? <laughs> uh, I'm just. Uh, there's a picture of the tiger. And he's at he's at like the bottom of the stairs. Let me let me see. And the guy's like he's <laughs> yeah, just hanging. Yeah, is that not terrifying? <laughs> what? <laughs> Somebody play this. Oh, video. and also when he retreats from it, every time he turns around and walks back up the stairs, he doesn't back up facing it. He turns his back. He's not even threatened. Since by I it. think this is the intro part to our episode now, like just this is a segment. This is segment one. I mean, we're, we're about to right watch now. this, this tiger, tiger video that uh, tiger beat with MFN. So Google tiger Packard plant video. Tiger Detroit. Well, you might get a lot of baseball. Yeah, that's the, um, the free press. It just uh, tiger loose. I think is what <laughs> loose tiger. Yeah. Loose tiger. <laughs> <laughs> The video Go to loosetiger.com slash Detroit. <laughs> the video is not playing for I'm, it, I'm pretty real... sure I liked it. Oh, they get out a tarp. Yes, they lay down a tarp. And the guy, the guy unfurls it with his camera phone holding hands, so you feel like you're going to throw up for a minute. I mean, seriously, what's the plan with the tarp? Does anybody have any idea? No. Like, what are you going to well, do? They like... were gonna ra- I think they were just going to try to wrap it. It's got razor sharp claws. <laughs> is it going to, like, come stand on the tarp and then now <laughs> and, like, the spring the trap? Phase two. This is when I get. Let us know when you want to commence the weed whacker. He said over the walkie. <laughs> Confirmed it is a weed whacker. I mean, 
I kind of like the idea that it's an edger more, though. <laughs> I mean, that at least has a blade on it. <laughs> yeah. This is a piece of plastic that spins really fast. Yeah, I've been hit by an air that bad. I'm glad that so far the video... The video is proving that none of my story was over exaggerated. No, this, this is all. It's, it's all. This all happened. It was an accurate recounting. <laughs> Look at it. He turns all the way around and walks back. Like he turns his back to the wild animal. I'm assuming he's morons. I don't know. Is it still running on foot? No, it has been. Well, so the source, the news said that it was. It was. Re- I'm sure the SWAT team showed up and just shot it with a Detroit tank. Detroit SWAT team has a tank, by the way. It's yeah. awesome. Gojo was driving on the freeway once, and the tank drove past him <laughs> on I-94, I think. The only thing I can kind of surmise is that maybe he was keeping it distracted, and somebody approached it from the bottom of the stairwell and got the thing around its neck. But I think that's putting too much, too much faith, too much in, faith in, this, in this bad A-team plan yeah. that they have. Those are the dumbest people I've ever seen. <laughs> Honestly, mean, all in our fair city. Well, yeah. they're not from our fair city. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, go it's back just, across the pond. They're illegals here it's to take here. credit for the tiger. <laughs> yeah, it, that tiger's a number one. <laughs> I don't know where the tiger came from. How I they, seriously like how I, they got it. He's ours now yeah. to the yeah. Packard plant. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's pregnant and just births more tigers, and they just like it becomes a problem in There's Detroit. Wild t- tigers in the Packard <laughs> it becomes plant. like an epidemic in Detroit. Detroit There's tigers all over the like, place. Oh my god! Like the yeah, the end of 1998 Godzilla. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> but with tigers. <laughs> Egg, tigers. Eggs everywhere. Instead of tiger eggs. eggs from the eggs. <laughs> tiger eggs. Lining the Silver Dome. Yep. Which lies we got to call Broderick and Jean Renault to come in and help us out. Cause and Hank Azaria. <laughs> oh, Hanks my God. Come too. And they come in and they just have more weed whackers. <laughs> <laughs> Broderick chasing tigers around with a weed A whacker. bunch of French paramilitary guys with weed whackers. Sucre yeah. <laughs> blue. My weed whacker. Elvis. That's so stupid. Oh, man. Unreal. That was not about movies, but I liked it. No, that's all right. That's honestly the best news that (laughs) that we've got. It's true. It's true. I don't know. Should that just be a cold open and I just do the intro right now? Yeah, I like that. All right. Welcome (laughs) Welcome to the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Nick. I'm Weed Whacker. <laughs> I'm Tim the Tiger. Tim the Tiger. <laughs> there oh, weed Whacker, the Weed Whacker, and Tim the Tiger. <laughs> Today we talked about all that. We're also going to go over an update for the summer movie wager. <laughs> and we're also going to talk about uh, Netflix's Wet Hot American Summer, the first day of camp. That's a fitting segment for Wet Hot like episode, though. I think so. It's pretty off the wall yeah. and, you know, absurd. Yep. It's, I mean, I don't... I mean, yeah, they've written Stranger Things on that show. So it's not like... It's true. Totally out of the realm. But, uh, yeah, uh, we're recording this episode on August 18th, the birthday of the great Gojo, the amazing Gojo. Yes. So, happy birthday, Gojo. Happy, happy birthday, Gojo. Happy birthday, Gojo. Uh, and also, this past weekend was our third anniversary. So, congratulations, guys. Happy birthday, show. Happy we made bir- it. Happy birthday. We made it. And this is episode 140. So, in total, we've only taken about 12 weeks off in these three years. Pretty good. So, not to mention, we, I think we, we might be close to having 12 bonus episodes. So, we've probably done 152 episodes. Nice. With the fight the franchise is counting as two, we're for sure good. So, there you go. I dig it. Yay us. Congratulations. But anyway, on to our summer movie wager. We saw quite a quite an outpouring of love on we Facebook did. too. We did. There were that quite a cool. few people that enjoyed it. Also, we uh, many of us had the 
the opportunity to meet Tim's parents. Oh yeah, and uh, Tim's mom is quite an avid fan. Apparently, she. <laughs> We she, did. Uh, we did get uh, Tim's dad to agree to be on a dad-centric episode yeah, sometime. Yeah, the, the Father's Day special. Yes. So he's just going to talk about Armageddon. <laughs> That's fine. That's he's awesome. Talk about whatever he wants to talk about. He um, said. He said the best thing too when I mentioned it to him. He was like, "Yeah, yeah, let's do it." And I was like, "Yeah, like my dad." Willie's dad. I'm like you. Alex said he goes. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I don't know your guys' fathers, but we would get it done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was, was great. We, we'd get it handled. I think is what he said. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, and he was like, like he was painting also... a painting a shed or like a barn raising. <laughs> I think when I had first gotten there, he said something like, "Yeah, we listen to the show. You know, I can only I only listen to a little bit of, but yeah, Tim's mom listens. She listens all the time. We were in the we were in the airport. She was listening to you guys. She keeps and she just laughs. I was like, yeah, all right." <laughs> She's supportive. She's a supportive mother. That's great. Thank yeah. you. They would not talk about movies. Like, oh, it would be I, well, conversations I mean, about the workplace. Like that's what it would be. Like swapping work stories or something. I don't know. Oh, you mean all the dads? Yeah. No, it would it would start with movies and then it'd just break down into like other stuff. Dad horseplay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder what the political leanings of our dads all are. I, I wonder how go, that would go. I'm not going to that. Because <laughs> I know it's true. Dad episode is not, not about politics. <laughs> not touching oh, that one. It wouldn't start that way, but I think it would end there. So, I don't know. Anyway. I think a couple of them might get along. <laughs> On to the summer movie wager update. Uh, straight out of Compton is not going straight out of theaters this week because it took the top spot with $60 million. Followed by, <laughs> by Mission... Followed by Mission, Impossible Rogue Nation in second place with $17.2 million. And The Man from U.N.C.L.E. debuts with $13.4 million. It did not cry uncle, am I right? <laughs> I think it did. It actually. did cry. Yeah, it did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> top 10 here. Jurassic World still sitting at the top. $1.6 billion. Avengers is at number two, almost at $1.4 billion. Minions is at $962 million in third place. In fourth place, we have Inside Out with $639.8 million. San Andreas is in fifth place with $468.6 million. Uh, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation is sixth with $375.5 million. Mad Max Fury Road in seventh place with $373.2 million. Ant-Man still going in number eight with $337.1 million. Terminator Genesis is in number nine with $324.7 million. And finally, Pitch Perfect 2 is in number 10. With two hundred and eighty-four point eight million, out this weekend we've got the stoner action comedy American Ultra, as well as Hitman Agent Forty Seven, based on the popular video game franchise, and Sinister Two from Scott Derrickson and Ethan Hawke. Never has a film looked less appealing to me than American Ultra. No, Just throwing it out there. Why not? No, I don't like either one of those people, <laughs> and it looked like like a seizure. I like, like, I the, like the, the screen was having a hard time. I like Jesse Eisenberg. I don't really love and well, John Luke was almost in it, so my ticket was already bought. Oh, but, yeah, you know, I mean, it's gonna be worth. I'm not it. trying to rag on it. It just doesn't look very good. <laughs> no, I and need to say something. Sinister Two with other people directed by somebody else. Shannon Sossaman. <laughs> yeah, where's yeah. she been? Well put. I don't know. <laughs> what was the is it? But was Sinister One Scott Derrickson? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and Ethan Hawke. And Ethan Hawke. Okay. Chance other people. Good as always. Damn straight. Not rules of attraction good. Well no, but, but still pretty good. Like forty days and forty nights good? A little older, a little I like that though. Yeah. Like that. She's a chick from a knight's tale. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean we are critics, it makes sense. <laughs> I'm a 
fan. Yeah. I like her too. <laughs> I, I, I think she's nice. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I don't. I yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen a night. She were, a uh, She named her kid. Shannon Sosman named her kid Audio Science. <laughs> is there a hyphen or is it one? Word? I think she, it's just one word. It's Audio Science Sosman. Is she married to a Zappa? Um, she married to Moon Unit Zappa with, <laughs> with daughter Audio Science. Well, let's Sossaman? look this up real quick. That's Sosman Zappa. I don't know Sossaman if I like Zappa. her anymore. <laughs> Audio Science Sosman Zappa. Yeah, I remember this. Sounds like a, an arcade because they were going through like wacky celebrity names. A couple of them, like I always like the name Apple. Like Apple, it's cute. I think it's kind of a cute yeah. name. It's so. better than like Zoe Bowie. Zoe so, Bowie's great, but you know that's Duncan Zoe's Jones, real name, by the though. way. But Zoe, it's Z O W I E, like rhyme or a lit. That's not even alliteration or rhyme. I mean, it is kind of rhyming. I'm, but, I was yeah. way off. She's married to a children's book author. But is there is there a daughter named Science Audio oh, Science? Audio Science? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I didn't, please, I, there's no way I made that up. Please do your fact checking on the air, Tim. <laughs> this could be a whole segment of just favorite wacky celebrity names. Audio celebrity Science baby names. name. <laughs> Scott Diggs. Moon Unit Zappa is pretty bad, Scott. <laughs> Neil Deep. So also, uh, oh, oh, 10 craziest celebrity baby names. Um, what do we got? Shannon Sossaman. I'm going to go right to... Well, okay, I'll go through them. Um, <laughs> Jason Lee's kid's name is Pilot Inspector. That's yeah. so stupid. Inspector with a K, I might add. Audio Science is number two. That was number one. A pilot Inspector isn't a real thing. Who inspects yeah. the pilot? I don't know, man. What? Why are you so close-minded? This is okay, continue. <laughs> she says, she defends the name going, we want a word, not a name. So my boyfriend read through the dictionary three or four times. We were going to call him science, but thought it might get shortened to Psy, as in Simon. So they went with audio science. And not Audi for short? It, <laughs> Audi. Oh. Went through the dictionary three or four times. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I, like, I like the word science. Father time. Just even reading the dictionary. <laughs> Um, oh, man. Oh, this is sad because Gavin and Gwen broke up. So, but they have a baby called Zuma Nesta Rock. <laughs> the Whitakers have... Like Forrest? Forrest Whitaker, yes. Okay. Ha- they're called Autumn Sonnet Ocean and True. I don't think any of those are. There's nothing wrong with that. Those aren't bad. Those are four, four different people, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Ocean, I, Ocean's the one Autumn Sonnet Ocean True Whitaker. Sonnet's... Um, Sting has a daughter named Fuchsia. That's not that's bad. okay. The singer, okay. not the wrestler. It's a color. That's all right. <laughs> Me on Sting. Thank you. Thank you What's the, the wrestler's daughter's name? Uh, <laughs> I don't even know. Magenta. <laughs> Bluebell Madonna is the name of Spice Girl, Jerry Hollowell. Oh, my God. There he is. Nick Cage as a, <laughs> as a son named Kal-El Coppola. <laughs> oh, man. Coco. That's not weird. And then... Ben Affleck. Oh, another one. Jennifer Garner. Sad. They have one called Serafina. That's not weird. Serafina is a normal name. Yeah, that's not weird either. Uh, I don't. Maybe not a normal, but not a. I don't know. It's not a, a moon unit inspector. Yeah, pilot inspector <laughs> yeah. with a K. <laughs> yeah, I, don't I was know. just talking to Tim about this episode of Friends. <clears throat> Were we just talking about the episode of Friends where yeah. Phoebe, yeah, Phoebe changes her name to um, Princess Consuela. Princess Consuela Banana Hammock, <laughs> and then Paul Rudd's like. All right, I'm gonna go change my name to Crap Bag. Like, <laughs> crap Bag. It's really. I just. I like the name Crap Bag. Like, I might name my kid Crap Bag. <laughs> we go over the dictionary a couple times before he decides. Before I settle on Crap Bag. Skim that bad boy because I need times. to read that. Yeah, I need to read Webster's to find the word science. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, These are the kind of people that would use a weed whacker to fight a fucking tiger. <laughs> Oh, yeah. All right. Fair enough. So, uh, so go see Sinister 2, I think. <laughs> so audio yeah. science can Sinister go to college. Two, the one that isn't directed by Scott Derrickson no. and does not star Ethan Hawke. Yeah. That's the next one in the series. Oh. Uh, yeah. Very true. I'm the, fine with it. I didn't like the first one, so let's change it up. Yeah. I don't like Scott Derrickson very much. I'm going to throw it right out there. Yeah. Will and I went through his IMDb I'm a little concerned. Ago. That's strange. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see Deliver Us from Evil. It seemed really cool. What's that? I want to see Deliver Us That's from That's the Eric Bana one. I have not seen yeah. that. It's really boring. You watched it? Yeah, it's a bummer. That's too bad. His yeah, movies are... had a great premise. It, the thing is, I think Derrickson's one of those guys who's kind of following the footsteps of, uh, of uh, James Wan. And Wan's stuff is so much more, like, I think, creepy and, and it works better. Sister had a couple moments here and there. And it had, yeah. it had some ideas that were okay, but it yeah. just wasn't executed super well. Oh, they, he hasn't made a terrible movie by any means. I just they're very. Ooh, I don't know. The Day the Earth Turns still remake is really. I've not actually seen it, okay. but I've heard it's not good. Oh, John Hamm's in it. He is in it. So yeah, it's Keanu. I, I heard it's pretty sinister. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it was the day the box office stood still. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Yeah, my, there's my throat chop. I'm just I'm just enjoying the the harsh glares I'm getting from <laughs> Willie every time I use a terrible pun. So I I, I really do. I'm really still do thinking about the tiger. Love them, but <laughs> I just I have to give you that look every That's time. That's fair. That's fair. I deserve it. Anyway, do we want to talk about what had American Summer? Yeah, yeah. let's talk about it. All right. So uh, I think we can quickly go around the table and say how much we enjoyed the David Wayne film from 2001. Yeah, it's great. Uh, that's 14 years ago. Uh, Wet Hot American Summer. Um, everybody enjoys that film? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's totally. Classic. It's great. Yes. Yeah. Hilarious. I think, I think Nick, you kind of talked about, because you watched it with Gojo recently. Yeah. You talked about how, uh, I don't know if it was formative, but it was just really in the groove of the humor that you guys really enjoy. Like, very, very, um, I used the word earlier, but... You know. And I would say it was a pretty, it was definitely an influence on like all the early films and stuff that we made, okay, all the early yeah. sketches and that we made when we were in high school. And I, he had never seen it up until two weeks ago, a week ago. And I didn't believe him when he said that because yeah. we've been friends for like 16 years <laughs> and I felt bad that I'd never shown it to him. And I was like, how is this possible? I've seen that movie at least like 50 times. And my brother has seen it. I mean, just, it's always been in the rotation. It's been like a classic in the group of friends, and I don't know how he managed to avoid it thus far, but he he did really, really enjoy it. I mean, Good. And it was like that kind of, I mean, he laughs a lot anyway, but it, it elicited like those belly laughs mm-hmm. that <clears throat> that those movies really do. That movie really does. Excuse my throat clear. Well, it's interesting, like watching that movie with people that don't necessarily care for that kind of humor or aren't really attuned to it. They're not really looking for the things that are like the one of the, the one that sticks out to me the most as I did watch it recently is uh, when when they come back from town and Coop is asking Katie if he'll see her later and she's like oh yeah or something like that they have a little exchange and then uh, Coop turns he's like hey wait up guys and then he goes and runs over to the side of the the cabin and just puts his head up against it like all the other dudes like that me describing that doesn't sound that funny at all but. For some reason, when I see that, I just burst out laughing yeah, because it's, it's just like it's one of those things. Like it's just kind of a uh, a weird sense of humor that not a lot of people care for or appreciate. But yeah. I think uh, 
I think David Wayne and the state actually like that whole group of comedians, even upright citizens brigade too. They all kind of revel in that kind of humor. So I guess it's not really that it's not an exclusive club or anything, but it's just something that I think a lot of people that see comedy movies aren't, they don't really care for, but it's not mainstream. It's, it's the, it's what a cult movie should be because it's, the people that love it really love it, mm-hmm. and um, the people that don't like it really don't like it, <laughs> and that's all right because that's uh, the cult. Like the definition of a cult movie recently has like been changed into something like the, it's like popular movies. It's been bastardized. Yeah, it has. Like yeah. Big Lebowski's not really a cult movie. No. Everybody likes Big, like Big the Lebowski. The definition of an indie movie has also changed. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, the Limit Sunshine is not an indie movie. No. You don't get Steve Carell. To start your indie movie, um, so uh, it's it's what a cult comedy should be, be- and it yeah I like it a lot. It's very funny. That was the point I was gonna make. <laughs> well, I, I kind of want to. Tim's in for the humor. I kind of yeah. want like I I don't know like a cult like what is a cult movie then? To like what was it and what does it become? I mean, it used to be a movie that had a rabid following, but you can't. But if you're a rabid follower, you can't explain it to somebody else. You just have to show it to them. And cult movies and can they, yeah. become not cult movies anymore. Like it's, Evil Dead so Two was a so cult Boondock movie. Saints. Yeah, but they're not cult movies anymore because a lot of people like. I mean, so you're saying they've kind of transcended. Yes, and even like, Wet Hot at some point could not be. But that's interesting. I would like say I, as of like a month ago, it's yeah. no longer a cult. To movie. me, right. that to me that kind of feels like it's not even. I still think those are cult movies because they. Like to me, a cult movie is something that had no legs at the box office and found an audience later. I think, like looking at it historically, it's a cult movie. Like it would probably be classified as a cult movie, but if if someone was to watch it today, like fresh, I don't know if they would necessarily be like, "Oh, what a what a quirky, fun cult movie!" I just watched. It feels so special to be a part of this, right? Like when this when Wet Hot came out, I I was gonna try to find the review, but Roger e, Roger Ebert like anything that Roger Ebert doesn't like is a cult movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um. So, but he like slammed it. It was like this is the I, I don't get any of this. This is the dumbest thing, and it kind of is. But kind of the point. <laughs> I think uh, definitely uh, like you were kind of touching on a a common trait of cult movies is something that's not necessarily. Not even necessarily critically panned or like or like negatively reviewed, but maybe something not not immediately understood doesn't necessarily have a place yet. And I don't want to say like it's something that is ahead of its time necessarily because they're not always. But Evil Dead Two cult movie because there really wasn't anything like it. Also, and it came out and people I think were unsure of what to do with it. So do you think maybe we live in a time where it's harder to have a cult movie because like. Like, Evil Dead 2 is one of those things where it would travel by word of mouth or by reviews or something like that. It's oh, not yeah, like the a... age is so... I mean, we're in such a different age of information now. Yeah. Evil Dead 2 was like, hey, my buddy has this VHS that I borrowed. <laughs> Do you want to watch this movie? That's interesting. Which is the way... That's how I first saw Wet Hot American Summer. Like, the DVD had just come out, and a buddy of mine got it because he was a big fan of, I think, The State or something. And he okay. just bought the movie, and... Uh, it was one of those things where just the DVD got passed around like the high school. <laughs> yeah. Everybody was watching it. Interesting. I think one of the problems now with the how that terminology has shifted is a movie has to be out longer than a year for it to be a cult movie. <laughs> like, like people are so quick to throw that like, man, that cult favorite's getting a sequel next to it. No, that's not a cult movie. Like, I can't really you need to give it the time to gestate movie. and establish yeah, like, a yeah, following. That's true. 
It can't. That's so. I don't think it's necessarily that's harder to have a cult movie now. Um, I think that what it is is we're finding cult movies from ten years ago now because now they can be cult movies. You know what I mean? Like The Room is a cult movie. Well, I'm almost, and I'm almost you know. kind of thinking that um, that because the internet connects people so much more readily than anything back in like the '90s or '80s when cult movies would really come about. Is that you can find all of those people that enjoy that right. thing, and it does. It no longer feels like your little thing. Where if you meet somebody that loved it, you're like, "Oh my god, you like love a this too." Handshake, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I don't. That know. is true. I, I I think that I don't think it's any harder to like. I mean, I think there's so much stuff that comes like direct to video or it's super limited release, and that stuff can become cult, you know. But you mean I, like Kindergarten Cop Two, starring Dolph Lundgren, which is apparently filming? I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's destined to become a cult movie. But <laughs> we'll have to find out. We have to wait and see. That's it true. Might be. The only mo- modern movie that immediately jumps to mind when I think try to think of like a modern cult movie is Attack the Block. Yes. Because it's... I still will say that to people and they go, what? That sentence hmm. doesn't make sense. I almost say District 9. Like, I know, yeah, mm, it was, was critically pop- lauded and stuff, but... That was uh, that got a pretty wide release, and it had, and Peter, it, it had Peter Jackson tied to it, and it did well. In I'm theaters, thinking of, I think. I'm thinking of more like comedies because I think of I think of hmm, Hot Rod might even be too popular, but Hot Rod has its fan base, um, and I think of MacGruber. Think MacGruber a has example. a pretty big fan base too, but it's not. I mean, it got crapped on a lot, yeah. so that's what I think of. Um, I even think of. Yeah, I even think of uh, Willie hates it, but I like uh, Observe and Report, which is a movie that I think a lot of people don't like, but it's by the guy who did who's done some stuff like uh, Jody Hill did Eastbound and Down. A lot of people do like that, and it's the same sort of humor. I just think it came out at a very strange. It's really dark. It's kind of a kind of a cable he, guy for he called it Taxi movie. Driver. But kind of funny, yeah. I think is what he called it. So. He's found it down. Actually, it was kind of a cult yep. TV show in its first season because I showed it to some people and they were like, "This isn't funny. This is just really mean and gross." And I was like, "Oh, well. oh, Foot Fist Way." Have you seen Foot Fist Way with Danny McBride? No, actually. it was before. It's yeah. like him and Jody Hill's first movie, yeah. and that's kind of what I'm thinking of too because that's not real well known. But the comedies are what I think of just mainly these days when it comes to cult movies. So it's interesting. I it's hard it's to have like an action cult movie i think a lot of the great cult movies have been ones that are at least they're a slash comedy movie like it's part what like was, equilibrium was uh yeah, it was kind of a cult movie kind of. would the raid have been like was that a cult movie i don't think it i think it got too big too fast to be kind of a traditional cult movie hmm. it's I, probably I, huge opinion. overseas that's too, yeah when it came out huh well I don't, I don't know. know. I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to define, but... I think if you have a different idea of what a cult movie is, you should write in to feedback at midwestfilmnits.com because I'd like to hear it. I think so, too. I have an idea. In 10 years, let's all meet up in this exact spot. <laughs> and we will talk about Fantastic Four. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll discuss whether or not Kindergarten Cop and 2 kindergarten did Cop indeed two. become a cult film. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we can go back to our Wet Hot American Summer That was discussion. a Wet Hot American Summer reference, by the way. Yes, I know. That's, that's Oh, that was really good. Yeah, <laughs> I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. So Wet Hot American Summer, the first day of camp, is the Netflix series directed by David Wayne, written by David Wayne and Michael Showalter, the minds behind the, the film. Uh, pretty much everybody returns. I don't know if there's anybody that notably does not return. There's also several uh, additions to the cast, but 
you've got people, the film starred people like Bradley Cooper and Paul Rudd and Amy Poehler before they were Bradley Cooper, Paul Rudd and Amy Poehler before they were these household names that everybody knows. And, uh, but it also had the guys from the state people like, uh, uh, Michael Ian Black and Michael Showalter and, you know, people who still aren't huge, but I think they're well-respected in their communities. So, uh, I think we were all skeptical when the idea of a Wet Hot American Summer sequel or something was potentially bubbling up. And then we heard it was going to Netflix and we were kind of like, that's interesting. And then it was the series and it's like, oh, that's interesting. And then it's like, oh, it's the first day of camp. So it's people that are now 14 years older than they were in the film playing themselves three months younger than they were in the movie. Which is hilarious. That's, so, yeah. uh, I don't know. How do we want to start? Uh, Nick, how did you feel about the, the Netflix series? I loved it. Yeah. Perfect. And actually, the first, the first episode is a little weird because you're kind of getting reinserted into this universe. And pretty much everybody looks about the same, but with some pretty damn noteworthy exceptions. <laughs> and that's a little shocking. You're kind of just like, uh, how do I know? But the first episode is very, is very good. And I think that it's just a crescendo all the way through episode seven. And then with a slight dip in quality, I thought, in episode eight. But uh, I was honestly like watching them, and I was like, "Oh my god, these keep getting better." Like the middle, like three or four, are so, so, so good that I was just, I was enamored. Right. I, uh, yeah, it's terrific. It's actually really incredible that it exists. It's pretty awesome. All right, Willie, what'd you think? It was really good. Very, very funny. If you love the movie, you'll enjoy it. And there's a lot of. It's weird because it. You should watch the movie. Pretty shortly before you watch the show. I think so, too. I think a lot of the humor hinges on your memory of the first, of the, of the movie. So that's a war- word of warning. I mean, if you've never seen the movie and you're listening to this, like, see the movie first and then watch the show. But I don't know. I think it could still be pretty Oh, no. Like, I'm, if it's your kind of humor, then, yeah. But I think it, you I think you get more out of it. You get that la- the added layer of... Yeah. Oh, you get so much more out of it. Here's yeah, where yeah. things started happening. And you could still... I mean, you could still watch it and get a lot of enjoyment out of it i think but you i think it does it adds a lot to it to to uh it's like watching the avengers without watching iron man like eh, it's better to watch it because then you get a little bit of that back so definitely do it um i enjoyed it like quite i I don't think i have any major complaints um everybody's really funny paul rudd oh my god (laughs) oh my god wonderful returning to like i think what's my favorite role of his except for maybe tommy doyle in halloween (laughs) six and the guy from Gen Y cops. Yeah, I mean Gen Y cops. <laughs> Gen Y cops. Yeah, obviously. But you know, beside those two roles, I think this is my favorite of his. Yeah, they really expanded it. Well, like I he think was, he was yeah. like a, a very much a side character in the movie, or they all kind of are side yeah. characters. And in this one, he's like the lead. They do that with a few other characters too. I think they they were smart in that in terms. Of, well, I mean, Paul Rudd and Amy Poehler are significantly bigger, more established <clears throat> yeah. actors now. So. I think it's smart to have them front and center, and I think it's cool because we didn't really get to learn too much about them the first time around, so it's neat to see more of them. And Yeah, um, there's a lot, yeah. And Elizabeth Banks. Elizabeth Banks gets more mm-hmm. of an expanded role this time yeah, around, huge. which is cool. Um, and Chris awesome. Maloney. Oh. No. oh, yeah. It's oh. more of an expanded role this time around, and he's fantastic. That is, the, that is the slyest little reference from the first movie that carries over to the series. I don't want to spoil it, but there's a little something in yeah. there that is so fleeting in the movie that like the first time I saw it 14 years ago all the way to now, I never 
gave any credence to this little thing. And then the series had paid off, and I was like, oh, my God. Wow. Like, I hey, really want to hear what this is. Yeah, okay. Okay. I'll get to it. We'll get to that. Tim, how'd you feel about what Hot American Summer the first day of camp? It's the best. I loved it. It's the the opposite of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> Ferris Bueller would have been at Camp Tiger Claw the entire time, <laughs> but pretending he was at the other camp with the cool kids. Um, yeah, it's hysterical. It's I. I don't have. I just kind of. It's a good. It's so good. It, all I want to do is talk about the jokes. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, yeah. um, all the cameos. I was, I guess, a little worried about them, but no, they're all. They went with. People that I John Slattery, John Hamm, they look mm. like Mad Men actors, and <laughs> yeah, Harry Crane is in it. Too. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and they're perfect in their role, and um, it has a couple of my favorite jokes of all time. One of them involving John Hamm. So all right, we'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely love the series. As Tim said, like anybody, any of the additions to the cast fit right in. Oh, like yeah. they absolutely could have been in the movie uh 14 years ago and uh, you know it just doesn't feel like they skipped a beat at all like they were instantly able to put themselves back where they were writing that movie in the humor that they had created there was nothing like you never even feel like like everything that they did felt like it was so finely connected that it's like they actually took the time to sit down and figure out how they wanted the movie to connect to the series and and I really appreciate that. Um, there's not a whole lot more to say. I, I This is, what, the most recent work from David Wayne other than They Came Together, which mm-hmm. I also loved last year. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of glad that he's on a bit of a renaissance. I don't know. He's only had one movie that I've never really... Which, I don't like The Ten. Okay. I, yeah. I don't think The Ten's very good. But I liked Wanderlust. I like, I like role models a lot. I like both those movies. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I, I Wanderlust was okay to me. I didn't love it. And Role Models is good, but it doesn't really feel like David Wayne no, it to me. No, yeah. it doesn't. It, it is. It's definitely like a script that he got and, and you know decided to make. But Paul Rudd wrote it. Money for once. Yeah. Paul Rudd wrote the script for that well, movie. But he, it, he based it on his, on himself. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that. Like if I remember, I, I listened to a commentary thing on it for some reason, and but yeah, Paul wrote himself with this movie. That's what he's like. <laughs> that's good. But no, I Wet Hot American Summer, the first day of camp, is fantastic. I don't know if they're going to decide to make more. I don't know if they're going to uh, decide to do more of a prequel or do something in the middle of camp or do something after. Like I feel like this is big enough that they that Netflix would be like, hey, if you want to do more, we could. But I don't know if David Wayne will be like, hey, we're okay. I think it's complete and and it's what we wanted it to be. It'd be funny if it was the 10 years later. I, that would be pretty and good. And they're all the same age as they were now <laughs> slash then. And it's them like dealing with a bunch of like up and coming like millennial kids. <laughs> Although I guess it would be 90s then, not 2000s. Hmm. They could make a millennial kids. True. Because that'd be funnier. That's yeah. true. That's Does true. it matter at this funny. point? Just go for it. Yeah. 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 yeah I think that's true. <laughs> so many of the campers in this movie like, were it's like, like 2020. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I think we will take a quick break and then come back and spoiler Terry talk about some of our favorite jokes and things like that. So stick around. Stick tuned. 
We'll be right back. Here's part of it. Here we are in spoiler Terry for Wet Hot American Summer, the first day at camp. John Hamm and Christopher Maloney need to do everything together. <laughs> I enjoyed both of them together so much. That fight scene is so good. It's genius on it's every level. And, and then on top of that, the fact that they're actually friends and pals and they planned it out. Like, oh, everything about them. Was, and Gene was my favorite character. Yeah. In, in the movie, anyway, so it's not you know Gene or Jonas, Gene Gene in the movie, oh, Gene the movie? and okay, Jonas okay. in the series. But what Tim what, or Tim Nick what, Nift? What were you saying about the, <laughs> <laughs> about uh, the thing with Gene? Uh, so in the movie, when Molly Shannon's character first sits down with her kids, and she was always been one of my like top three favorite characters in the movie. She's so funny. And she starts. She breaks down in front of them and starts crying. Yeah. Um, and they're all. She. They're kind of like Gail. What's the matter? And she goes, "Oh, it's just you know my divorce." And she's talking about uh, Ron. Yeah. She left him, and she goes. She's like, "It's just so hard," and all that. And she goes, "I mean, when when Jonas left me, I thought I never thought I'd recover, but then I met Ron, and everything oh, worked out." Oh my god! And this is a line written 14 years ago, and I've been watching it all this time, going, "All right, whatever, Jonas. Like that doesn't really matter." And it didn't occur to me until like episode three that that was like a connection. And I was like, holy shit. That's wonderful. I was like, wow, they actually found a way to make Jonas a character. And, <laughs> and, and at the same time, make like there's so much that's interwoven in it. It's, yeah. it's really remarkable. Like the the threads in, in Wet Hot American Summer come together better than Lost ever did. Like, it's really <laughs> insane. That's amazing. No, and that's one of those things that I really enjoyed while watching this was thinking about how everything was going to move to its end point. Right. Where? It's just, it's exactly what the Crispin Glover character in Hot Tub Time Machine was. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the whole, it's the whole series. Like, I'm sitting there waiting, like, okay, so she's going to marry Jonas. How's she going to end up with Judah Friedlander? And then she ends up marrying another dude in between those <laughs> yeah, two. Yeah, who's never mentioned it's in the like, movie. Yeah. Oh my God. And then just watching all of the pieces move to where they are at the start of Wet Hot is just. It's it's kind of mind blowing and it's really fun and it's really interesting. I'm like, well, how are these characters going to disappear? I was like, how is Jason Schwartzman going to exit from this whole situation? <laughs> oh my god! And then he gets shot in the head at the courthouse. It's it's so good. It's so good. I I don't like. I couldn't stop laughing uh, at the part when he got shot in the head, mm -hmm. and, I, and and Kim was like, "Why are you laughing so hard?" I'm like, "Because he's still talking to her. <laughs> he has a death scene, and he's been shot right between the eyes." <laughs> Oh, oh man, it's... I was I was like, man, that was brutal. Mm -hmm. By far, my favorite like carryover slash like setup explanation joke is Chris Pine's character and the genesis of Higher and Higher. Oh, that my song because they use it in everything like, yep. over the years. It's in Stella. I think they used it. I think he used it in one of his movies. I forgot. It's not in They Came Together, is it? No, I don't think so. He's used it over the years in like a bunch of shit like that. That same song, which is written by his buddy. Uh, Craig Wedron. Craig, yeah, Wedron, who wrote a bunch of the songs in the movie. Um, and when, when they gave that song a story, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. This is the best. Yeah. That's the best cameo, too, is Chris Pine. Oh, by, he's by so far. funny. Yeah, he's, he's so awesome. He needs to do the more scene comedy. The him destroying the master tape, I was crying. I was laughing <laughs> so hard. Oh, my God. It's so funny. He's so funny. <laughs> 
when he, that is just the last scene of the show when he drives away. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. it's so good. I read a review. Somebody wrote a line. They were so mad. That was the ending of the season. They were like, what a bullshit throwaway stupid scene wasted on an idiot like Chris. But they were so mad. And I was like, what are you talking it's about? It's hilarious. That was, that was hilarious. It's like Wink tips his hat at the camera. And he's got great like Michael Bean and Tombstone facial hair. <laughs> oh, man, was it great. No, yeah. this Eric. Is... Eric lives on. <laughs> so good. He's out there making. No, jams. this is I, like this is a really good. Like Chris Pine is funny. Really funny. And he was funny in the first Star Trek. Yep. And like this is the best. I mean, it tapped into that because he's funny when he's running around with big hands in the Star first Star oh, yeah. Trek. Like he's a funny guy. How was this means war? Anyone see it? It was uh, good. I've seen a little bit of yeah. it, and I was I was entertained to want to see it was fun. enough, but it was fun. Know. He's Look, a, G. He's Sorry. so funny in this, though. He like. I, I've, I've always loved the comedic characters. They're like the tortured artists. Like, oh, yes. Leave me alone. <laughs> oh, right away. Get out of here, Lindsay. I, I love that. It's so fun. I don't know. That just tickles my funny bone for some reason. Oh, absolutely. A, Rudd does a little bit of that, He's too. He's just been living but, in this cabin. I, it's, for, uh, it's great. At one point, Kim was like, when he went to the fridge to get a beer, she goes, who buys his groceries? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Elizabeth Banks' whole story was by far my favorite thing. Like it was yeah, right funny. right away in the is it episode two or three where she gets it's episode two. It starts with her at the New yeah. York office. I was like, oh my god, is she going to be like like a wartime journalist who gets too pulled into the story <laughs> and can't get out? And when that's exactly what happened, I was like, yes, this is so amazing. That's pretty. And at good. the end of the movie, they're like. Lindsay, the camper, she can stay. And I was like, so the whole time they all know she's like 10 years older than them. And they're like, whatever. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Oh, um, man. I want to do too quick. Okay. Yeah, please. Uh, quick. Okay. I was talking. I, I mentioned. I, oh. I mentioned. Uh, <laughs> the, my favorite joke. I've got two of them now that I thought about it. But I didn't laugh that hard the first time because it was pretty out of those. And then I was sitting at work today laughing hysterically. And the only way the scene could have been any funnier is if John Hamm, like, trying to leave the room when Janine Garofalo like finds out that he can't, and he can't explain it and he's just like like I gotta go I, the only way that could have been funnier if it was longer <laughs> yeah. yeah that's it's like that scene and they came together when when he sits down at the bar, at the bar and they yeah. just repeat it forever <laughs> Oh it was God. right at that point where I was like they need to either get out now or it needs to go or on for like another going. 90 seconds <laughs> And it was funny, too, because they started getting, like, a little, like, passive-aggressive with each other. <laughs> like, they were both getting annoyed. The other one was just not giving them what they wanted. Yeah, that was really good. And uh, there were parts of Camp Tiger Claw that, towards the end, I was, I couldn't, like, because I was just laughing to myself because it, it's, it's not even a functioning camp. It's just, like, they have a sock hop. I know. <laughs> I love the polos, too. They've all got, like, seven polos on. There was actually a joke that was, that was so sly. I didn't even get it until, like, episode six, and Kim was the one who actually, she was laughing every time, and I was kind of like, yeah, that was funny. But I didn't get it until she finally said it out loud that they're always standing in the exact same place with the binoculars and they can see anywhere in the camp. Yeah. <laughs> like they're looking like through walls and like, and I didn't, I, I swear to God, it, it flew right over my head. And finally at one point, Kim just goes, she's just laughing and she's like, I love that they could see like everywhere because it's like the mess hall and then it's like, out, like just everywhere. Inside the roundhouse. Yeah. And, and they're yeah. literally just standing at the same point on the, on the deck. Yeah. Oh, that was so funny. That's wonderful. Uh, the fight scene, the the massive battle at the end is pretty awesome. I didn't really like that. I just thought it was great because of all the shit that happens, and then of course it's all completely erased because that's just how this universe functions. Is that like nobody's hurt from the night before? Like none of that stuff, none of it actually mattered. But it's like going to town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah from the from the movie. Yep, absolutely. But 
It felt a little bit too much like the Anchorman fight scenes to me. That's fair. By the time the second Anchorman fight scene came around, it was like it was funny because they upped the scale, but at yeah. the same time, you're like they're kind of cashing in. And this one felt even more. I was like, oh, they're gonna rumble. There was a part where somebody produced like a Kasari Gama or whatever it's called, and I like laughed at that. I was like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> but overall, I was kind of like, this is. I thought episode eight was actually the weakest. Mm. I think. To me, episode seven felt like the actual conclusion. Yeah. Um, because it had the most, it, it was, episode seven was weirdly like sappy and like kind of sad and sentimental. And I really loved it for that because it has like, it almost had some normalcy for a little bit where the scene where they're all at like the party and Paul Rudd's playing the guitar and they're all hanging out and everybody's kind of in this moment of like post stupid play, like euphoria. And it's very, it felt very much like, this is what being a teenager was like. And I remembered it and it was really cool. Like as I was watching it, I was like, man, I remember these, these days. And it was kind of this moment of like rem- remembering what that was like to be yeah. like 16 and, and with your pals and just hanging out, playing a guitar, farting around. And I really loved it. I thought it was like just a really great sequence. And then of course it gets a little silly again, but then at the end it has the huge, the huge like Lindsay on the phone telling her whole monologue and you get the recap of every character and they're all broken down by exactly what like archetype they are. It was amazing. It was like a Nick's yeah. tears moment because I was like, <laughs> wow, we finally have come. All the characters have landed about where they're going to land. We're finally caught up to the timeline, so to speak. And they're all in like a good place. And I just re- thought it was awesome. It was very well done. And, and it went through the whole, to the whole face. Plus a lot of people are missing from episode eight. Amy Poehler's not in it. Bradley Cooper's not in it. <laughs> yeah, well, I do want to mention DJ Skeevas. DJ Skeevas, just a skinny guy. There's, there's one time they cut back to him and he just lifts up his ski mask. Perfect. Who did I say that to? What I said it to me. Yeah, I was like, you're gonna love how they how they get around Bradley Cooper not being available. It's so good. Brilliant. He's one shot with like a terrible wig. Yeah, because it was that was like a completely different epic. Like that's like that's like episode seven, I think, when they when they finally cut back to him. At the party, and he lifts the ski mask off and like scratches his nose and then puts it back. Yeah. Like, and it's so, it's so genius and so funny. That is good for sure. But there, I, I obviously I assumed there were just scheduling conflicts because most of these yeah. people are, are to some degree famous now. But there were a lot of people that just didn't, that seemed to kind of disappear with no explanation. They just kind of like were whatever, and they were pretty central characters to the movie. So I was kind of like, oh, that's, yeah. a, that's kind of a shame. But whatever, it's fine. Episode eight felt a lot like kind of a coda. Like a, here's here's the last little little bit. Yeah, to get Ron where he needs to be. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, he's like, I mean, I get so sucked into this shit. Like like I said, when we go to the theater, I, even the most obvious plot twists I never see coming because I just get so into it. And Ronald Reagan's there in his damn tank. He's like, <laughs> who will stay behind? And I was like, man, who's it? Who is it? Who's it gonna be? Is it another cameo? And he pulls the mask off, and I was like, oh, duh, <laughs> <laughs> Free, awesome. <laughs> Oh man, we didn't even talk about Nick. Nick, when because we watched the pilot, the first one together. Um, watched the first like two together. Yeah, but you talked about how they legitimized Mitch being in the can of vegetables. Like it, it's like he is an actual. It's actually a dude that's become a can of vegetables because you don't know that in the movie. Like it could just be Gene having a hallucination or something. Yeah, and it's awesome because yeah, Gary disappeared too, and I always liked Gary. Yeah, he's not in the last episode either. But I always, in the it's movie. funny because now when you watch the movie, when he picks up the can and goes, he's like, you, you need talk, to talk to maybe him. You should talk to him. Yeah, I was always like, oh, he's making a joke. No, he knows that's him. <laughs> he and knows he's that's going, Mitch. Hey, man, help him out. <laughs> 
the way episode two ends is the funniest, probably the funniest part of the whole season. Though, when Mitch just falls in the toxic ooze, and he's like, ah, and then just cuts to the credits. <laughs> it's so horrifying, and he's like screaming, and yeah. oh god, it's, it's Jason Schwartzman like tasting it like thirty <laughs> times. <laughs> What other uh, cameos were there? Uh, Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah's w- funny. Yeah. Michael yeah. Sarah's yeah. great. He looks disgusting. <laughs> Weird Al. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Who's actually John Hamm? Who's actually John Falcon. Like, John Hamm pulls off his Weird Al mask, and that was Who amazing. was playing... Like, he's supposed to be a character, but then later they call him Weird Al Yankovic in yeah. the show. <laughs> yeah. But even his, like, his whole thing is that he's, like, a hypnotist that is just telling people what they are. And then the people just act it out. It was such a perfect part for Weird Al, too. It, uh, I just I uh, Yeah, that's that why I, I texted you, and I was like, where are you in the series? And you were like, oh, I'm on episode three or whatever. And, like, episodes four or five was the Weird Al one. And yeah. I was like, you've got to just go. Because I knew – did you know he was in it? I, I think I heard a while back okay. that he was in it, but I totally forgot. I didn't know he was. And then when he rocked out, I was like, oh, good. Yeah, it was. Alex is going to love this. That was wonderful. Yeah, because that was when I was sick and we didn't do the Mission Impossible episode. You were like, mm. you need to watch episode four right yes. now. I was like, eh. I loved David Hyde Pierce. Oh, I that I let on a cheer great. when I saw David Hyde Pierce. Yeah, yeah. Me too, because he was the one I wasn't sure was going to be in it. And when he had his one big scene at the at the top of episode four or whatever, I was like, "That's probably all we'll see of him." And yeah, because he didn't really need to be in it. Yeah, and it was perfect how it ended with him just there. He was yep. at his little cottage. He had one of the best lines too. I I love. It's really satisfying <laughs> to watch David Hyde Pierce get hysterical and overreact to things. Mm-hmm. He does it so well, and it's always just funny because he's such a timid guy. And when he cusses out his uh, his like boss at the college, it's so funny. Yeah. It's I, all riled up. I also want to mention the line, I'm going to fart my way into that snatch. <laughs> oh, dude. I was there watching three lines revolving around that that I've said constantly. When he's, what's in your nose? And then he's, he's like, farts. It goes and he wafts it towards her. He goes, that's just my fart. But the best is in episode six. And he goes, remember when I farted on you when you fell in love with me? <laughs> oh, man. I was watching with my girlfriend. And when he said, I'm going to fart my way into that snatch, she was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> It was it was wonderful. The entire storyline of him trying out for the play is so funny too. <laughs> like like that that whole thing where he's like, I can't do it. Like I love yeah. it. it kills me. The it play itself me. was really the entertaining. Play was awesome. I enjoyed it very much. Oh man, the, the pantsuit, <laughs> the budding romance, the zoot suit, yeah, the and, suits. The, and the the romance between McKinley and Ben is so pure. Uh, yeah, and I love how they use creative as like a as like a <laughs> sub in for for gay. Yeah. Oh god, I'm, you didn't know you were creative too. Right? <laughs> the look. The look in Bradley Cooper's eyes is so good as he realizes like who he is. It's so he's so earnest. He's like the most earnest character in the movie or the show, and it's just so funny to watch Bradley Cooper be like this. Really, like yay! That's yeah, yeah. The show is wonderful. Go Paul, watch it immediately. Watch, watch the movie first. There, oh, there is a documentary on Netflix. Yes, that is fantastic. Yes, yeah. it's just. Footage from behind the scenes of of them being really drunk. Like, you know, everybody had sex with each other, <laughs> and that's what's I, that's I like. I like uh, I the whole time I was watching, I'm like, oh, they had sex. Oh, they had sex. <laughs> yeah, I, I I remember Willie told me that, and I went as soon as I saw it when I was watching Wet Hot. I was like, oh, I need to yeah. add that. I need to add that to my list. So there's also an Instagram account that was started called it's just at Wet Hot, and it's just uh, behind the scenes pictures from the uh, original movie. A lot of them are really cool. Awesome. Oh, I got real. My favorite character was actually the little redhead kid. 
Oh yeah, that kid, like the mean redneck. Oh, he was that such kid, a dick. That kid's hysterical. It was really funny. <laughs> he was hilarious. He was really really funny. I I'm kind of sad that John Benjamin didn't stick around that much because I feel like I enjoy watching John Benjamin as an actual person and not just as a voice. It was very funny. He's he's so good, and he it's a perfect part for him too. Like to think of him as the camp like. His leader. interactions with everybody right out of the first scene and his exchanges with Paul Rudd are so good. When mm-hmm. he first rolls up on his bike. <laughs> Ghost rides his... Yeah, his hog. <laughs> you were supposed to be here a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, I think we all heavily recommend Oh, yeah. Watch Red it. Hot American Summer, the first day of camp. Yeah. Feedback at MidwestFilmers.com is where you can tell us what you think of the show, the things that we talk about. We're at MFN Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can search for Midwest Filmers Podcast on Facebook and Vine. MidwestFilmNerds.com is where you'll find all previous 139 plus bonus episodes and full show notes, so you can skip over the spoiler Terry and other things that you don't want to hear about. And, uh, yeah, Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. Go there to shop and have part of your purchase come to us so that we can make our show and podcast better. Uh, next week, no idea what we're doing. Send us some feedback on cult movies, and I also want to invite you to send feedback on how you would dispatch a tiger. There you go. Like yeah. if a tiger were to that's, attack you. That's really what we want to hear about. We here we here in Detroit need to curb this tiger <laughs> epidemic that's at a that's chomping at our heels. So Bad. yeah. But I know, Lizzie, we're almost done. <laughs> Official dog says, let's get out of here. <laughs> I got tigers to chase. Lizzie say Kylex Y, go watch a movie. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. That's all right. Kylex Y, go watch a movie.